Welcome back to The Rollout. I'm Jeff Pratt, and joining me as always is Trent Henrich. How's it going, Trent? It's going well. Enjoying the nice weather. Absolutely, man. Summer is finally here. And today, we are going to be making our predictions for every major NFL award for the upcoming season. Let's start things off with the rushing title. The reigning rushing champ is Derrick Henry with 1,540 yards in 2019. Trent, who will win it this year? Yeah, my pick this year is going to be Saquon Barkley. Uh, The Giants have an offense that lacks weapons on the receiving end. Daniel Jones will be entering his second season, so he'll still be uh, young and maybe leaning on Barkley for help. Uh, Aside from the fact um, that their offense is young and inexperienced, I think Saquon is arguably the most talented running back in the NFL. So I see him putting up, you know, just over 1,400 yards this season. And, I mean, odds-wise, Saquon's at plus 900 um, as of right now, which is uh, it's the 21st of June. So I think those odds are, are pretty pretty in, in the better's favor, I guess, at plus 900. Yeah, absolutely, man. I actually really considered putting Saquon as my pick for the rushing title champ this year. But I decided to go with a little bit of a more interesting pick, a riskier pick, and I uh, chose Josh Jacobs. Jacobs had 1,150 yards on 242 carries in just 13 games last season. In my opinion, he could legitimately push for around 300 carries this year, and that should translate into serious yardage. The Raiders also helped him out by bringing in a legitimate deep threat in Henry Ruggs to pull some guys off the box. Jacobs, you know, he's going to have a lot more opportunities to find holes this year, and he should really take advantage of it. He's also one of the best pure rushers I've seen in a while. Yeah, I, I liked Josh Jacobs a lot last year, and I think he does have a lot of potential. Like you said, he put up such a strong rookie season that they could really turn around to a strong sophomore season. Absolutely, and the fact is that while Saquon is a weapon on the Giants, uh, he's by far the best weapon. They do have a couple of of other players on that team golden tate we saw a little bit of a flash of what he can do uh last season they have sterling Shepard if he can stay healthy uh obviously evan engram is a weapon he's there but really with the raiders josh jacobs is kind of the only guy there i mean they brought in nelson Aguilar. they have henry ruggs but who knows if those guys are really going to be able to contribute so i'm pretty much just predicting it's going to be the josh jacobs show in las vegas this year i like it Yeah, fair enough. So let's move on to our next award, which is going to be the receiving yards leader. Obviously, last year it was Michael Thomas with 1,750 yards. Trent, who do you think it's going to be this year? Yeah, I went a little deeper for this one as well. I ended up going with Kenny Galladay. Wow. Who's uh, listed at plus 1,800 um, for his odds. I think Galladay put up just shy of 1,200 yards last season, but that was without star quarterback Matt Stafford who historically has put up, you know, 4,000-plus yard seasons consecutively for, you know, six or seven seasons in the past. And with a healthy Matt Stafford and question marks at running back, I think Galladay should see a lot of targets and put up some bigger numbers this season. I don't don't expect Galladay or any wide receiver for that back to put up Michael Thomas-esque numbers from last season just because he broke their receiving record last year. But I think that Kenny Galladay could see 1,400 to 1,500 yards this season. Yeah, absolutely. I love that pick. And Galladay is really just coming into his prime. I've drafted drafted him in a couple of fantasy leagues so far. Uh, I love the stats he used to back it up. I think he's going to have a great year. 
Uh, for me, I went with more of an obvious choice. No, it was not Michael Thomas, but I did go with Julio Jones, my favorite receiver in the NFL right now. With Austin Hooper and Muhammad Sanu gone, we could easily see the reemergence of 2015 Julio Jones, who racked up 1,800 yards. I'm not saying he puts up exactly those numbers, but Atlanta will rely on Julio to pick up a large chunk of Hooper and Sanu's targets. I think he'll have a monster year for the Falcons. Yeah, I thought about Julio too. I think the biggest, I don't know if it's a question mark, but what's most interesting for me going into the season is, you know, how many touches does Todd Gurley get in this offense? And does that affect the touches that Julio and Calvin Ridley would usually see? Yeah, I I think that there's always a chance that Todd Gurley could come in here. And if he performs as both you and I are expecting, he's going to be a workhorse for this team. But even if he does take some touches away from what Julio would have had last year, that the hole in the offense that Austin Hooper and Muhammad Sanu is, go, is going to leave, uh, people like Hayden Hurst aren't going to be able to just pick up all of those targets. They're going to be filtered in to Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, who are both going to see a major uptick in targets this year. Yeah, I, I love Julio. I think there's no question. I think he gets at least 1,200 yards this year. He, he almost gets 1,200 about every season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's an absolute monster. I love to see him put up big numbers, and I love to see the Falcons back in the playoffs. For sure. Yeah. All right. So moving on, this isn't really an award, but it is something that we're interested in, and it's always a debate every year. This is going to be the passing leader, or who will throw for the most yards in the NFL. Last year, it was obviously Jameis Winston, who was in the 30-30 club, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. However, he's no longer a starter for this team. So I'll start this one off, Trent, and I know you're not going to be happy, but my pick is Dak Prescott. With Jameis Winston no longer in the picture, he obviously can't lead the league in passing yards again. Dak actually finished second in this category last year with 4,900 yards, and the Cowboys only added to his already dangerous receiving core. Today, uh, on June 21st, it was announced that Dak will be signing his franchise tender. So while the long-term future in Dallas is uncertain, he is absolutely locked in for the season. Trent, I know that's not what you want to hear as a guy who believes Andy Dalton is eventually going to take over, but Dak has got an incredibly deep receiving core, and he could easily pass for over 5,000 yards this season. Hey, I mean, if Dak can pass for 5,000 yards on you know, the 10 games he's going to get this season, that's pretty impressive. The, the, you're still sticking with this? 100% to run through Andy Dalton, the Red Rocket. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's going to come through for this team, and and uh, I don't like Dak, and I will, will not like Dak unless he puts up the greatest quarterback season of all time. Listen, if this were a guy like Cam Newton behind Dak Prescott breathing down his throat or breathing down his neck, I'm sorry, I would actually be concerned. But the fact is, the Cowboys brought in a quarterback to back Dak, uh, Dak Prescott up who has never won a playoff game in how many years he's been in the league. I don't see him as a real th- threat. He's come out and said that he's only here to mentor Dak, so I'm still not sure why you're sticking to your guns on this. Well, because, like, like and this is with the winning thing, kind of like Dalton is, Dak's had struggle, struggle winning games. And, you know, if, if they start off the season, let's say eight games in, and these, they've only won three or four games. I don't see him. Why would they still start him? Like, what is the point? If they, he's only getting them to nine wins each season, why would you pay all this money for a guy that's never going to lead your team to a Super Bowl? 
give Dalton a shot, who never had an offense this strong in his whole entire career. Who knows what he could do with all these weapons? You know, I will say this to your credit, Trent. I think that Dak signing his franchise tag is a blessing in disguise for the Cowboys because in the event that what you're saying does occur and the Cowboys just suck again this year, they have another mediocre year, maybe go 500, just miss out on the playoffs, then Dallas and Jerry Jones can really start to rethink giving Dak that huge uh, that huge offer. But if he goes out and balls out like I'm predicting him to do, he can ask for even more money. So it definitely is a bit of a risk for the Cowboys not giving him the money now, but it could definitely be a blessing in disguise, and only time will tell what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. Absolutely. So who was your pick for the passing leader this year? Yeah, mine's, you know, a bit probably a bit deeper than Dak, or I'd say definitely a bit deeper than Dak. I went with Drew Brees. I knew uh, it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, this year he, his odds are plus 2,500, and I'd say his targets are stronger than ever. I mean, I think this is going to be Drew Brees' year. Like I, like, I, like I mentioned, he has strong targets out of the backfield. He has a big play threat with Alvin Kamara, as well as a strong backup running back with Latavius Murray. He also has wide receivers who, you know, the star right now is Michael Thomas, a strong vet in Emmanuel Sanders, and a young star with Traquan Smith. And he has Jared Cook at tight end. I mean, he has all the targets in the world for him to throw to. I, it's, I think this is going to be Drew Brees' year. I think it's either going to be the Chiefs or the Saints winning the Super Bowl. And if it, is, it doesn't end up being the Saints, I think this is going to be probably Drew Brees' um, best statistical season of all time. Yeah, I mean, it definitely could be. You know, you say that this is Drew Brees' year, but if we look uh, in recent memory, more years than not have been Drew Brees' year. He's thrown for way more 5,000-yard seasons than anyone else. I think he's got five, and uh, the next person with the most is a group of guys with one. So he consistently throws for over 5,000 yards. He is a really dominant quarterback. Uh, he loves to chuck it, and he could easily be the uh, the passing leader this year. You know, when you were leading up into talking about who you're going to choose, I already had it in my mind that it was going to be Drew Brees. We're both really high on the Saints this year, and I could definitely see that happening. I mean, e- even without the team that he has this year, if you just think about it, and, and you just said it, he has the most 5,000-yard seasons for a quarterback, yet he is still a heavy underdog to be the passing leader, and he has one of his stronger offenses of his career this year. So to me, it just doesn't add up. I don't know why Drew Brees is, isn't you know being placed higher. I yeah, just... I, I'd say it's probably because of his age and just because he hasn't shown that he consistent, can consistently play a season fully healthy. Obviously, last year, uh, missing six games and having Teddy Bridgewater come in and establish himself as a pretty good quarterback and earn that contract, I I can understand why his odds are certainly lower. Well, we'll have to see, but I I, I do think this is Drew Brees' year. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, I would love to see it happen. The Saints are my pick to win the Super Bowl, so it could definitely happen. And let's move on to our next award, which is the Coach of the Year. Something tells me, Trent, that we're going to have the same pick here, so I'll let you go first. Yeah, I, I think we are. I talked about him in the last podcast. I had him as one of the best off-season moves. I went with uh, Kevin Stefanski for the Browns. I think he's in the perfect situation. He's going to a team that has struggled over the past couple of years, even with big-name players on their offense and defense, for that, for that matter. 
He's had past success as an offensive coordinator with the Vikings. He led them to you know one of their best offensive seasons in, in the past 10 years or so. I just think he's in a position primed to succeed to you know take this team from mediocrity or, or even worse than that to a playoff contender and flip the switch in, in Cleveland. You know, Kevin Stefanski was a great choice, and we actually don't have the same coach, Trent. But uh, I did consider Kevin Stefanski for a little bit, but I really couldn't choose him over my guy. And it's the hometown hero, Bill Belichick. This is Belichick's chance to prove that the majority of New England's success relied on his coaching solely and not Tom Brady. You know he's eager to prove the doubters wrong and win with Jared Stidham or Brian Hoyer or Cam Newton if they do bring him in at quarterback. Whoever it is, he is so eager to prove that it doesn't matter. His system produces championships. If the Patriots even make the playoffs this year, in my opinion, this is Belichick's award. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, if the Pats are to succeed and, let's say, win 10 games and make the playoffs, maybe win a game or something like that, then there's no question that he would be the coach of the year because everyone was saying a lot of his success was based on having the greatest quarterback of all time. But uh, Bill Belichick is also arguably one of the greatest coaches of all time. Arguably so, the best. Yeah. Yeah. Arguably the best. So I could definitely see him winning this award and Paul is solidifying himself as one of the, as the greatest coach of all time. If he can take a team without Brady, without Gronk, everyone he's had for the past 15, 20 years or so and still make a playoff push. Oh, absolutely. If the Patriots make a playoff push, then this is a serious bump in Belichick's legacy. And there's an argument to be made that's a serious decrease in Brady's legacy. But, you know, we'll talk about that if we get to that point. Let's move on to our next award, which is Comeback Player of the Year. I'll start off, and I went with the favorite, and that's Ben Roethlisberger. If Big Ben can come back from a severe elbow injury that requires surgery at the age of 38 and even comes close to putting up the numbers that he did in 2018, he's a shoo-in for this award. And I think he'll do exactly that. He has a healthy juju at his disposal, as well as Deontay Johnson, Eric Ebron, and a solid running back core. This is this award is Roethlisberger's to win, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I do like Big Ben as a pick. I'm not a huge fan of going with favorites. My, my thing with Big Ben and the Steelers is I don't think they're going to do as well as you predict them to. I do like some of their weapons, but I just don't like their team as a whole. I don't think they're that experienced. I think the majority of their team is young other than Big Ben. And because he didn't get to play with them at all last year and start to mesh with some of, the, some of these new younger guys, I think he's going to come off to a slower start and he's coming off his injury. Um, I don't know. It, it, like you said, though, if he does perform and you know the Steelers have a solid season, I definitely see him as as a guy winning comeback player of the year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's fair, everything you said. So tell me who your pick was. Yeah, I mean, I went with David Johnson. Okay. Uh, his, his his odds are plus 3,000 this season. And, you know, he just had such a down season last year where he played in 13 games, only started nine, and he only had like 300 yards. They basically benched him after a few games and started throwing Kenyon Drake as a starting running back. And we talked about it in past episodes. I don't really know what happened with the Cardinals. Why all of a sudden he wasn't their guy anymore and they just threw him on the bench and totally forgot about him. Because for me, if he can come back to this Texans team 
or this new Texans organization he's gonna be playing with and put up your know, usual David Johnson numbers from the past. If he puts up 11, 1200 yards, like I think he actually easily can because there's not much competition, you know, in the backfield against them. And the Texans move their best uh, wide receiver target in DeAndre Hopkins. There's a very good chance David Johnson could could put up those 11, 1200 yard numbers. Yeah, you make a lot of great points. Uh, there's no one that loves David Johnson more than you and I, so I would love to see him win this award. I'm just going with the quarterback because quarterbacks win awards more than anyone else, but I'd love to see David Johnson or even another running back like Todd Gurley win this award. Yeah, uh, I, I think you're right with saying quarterbacks win, win these awards a lot, uh, or at least a lot more than these p- more positional players. Um, one guy I want to add that I almost made as my choice for comeback player of the year I chose not to because I thought he was a pretty deep sleeper. But, but it was T.Y. Hilton. His oh, odds, are, I, his I odds are plus 7,500, and he has a new quarterback this year, and he did pretty dang awful last year. So if he puts up solid numbers with a brand-new quarterback, I, who knows? Maybe he could make a special season again. I mean, he used to be a top-five wide receiver. Yeah, I, I just kind of hate T.Y. Hilton, if we're not going to lie. I had him on my fantasy team last year on one of my leagues, and he really just sucked for me. Uh, he's on the wrong side of 30 now. He's really struggled with injuries. Uh, I think it was ankles and hamstrings, which are definitely killers for receivers especially. So I don't really foresee him taking that next step and reaching the level that he was. But if he does, you know, props to him. Yeah, I mean, like you said, though, he's had all these injuries and he's getting up there in age, which I think, just like Big Ben, it primes you to win a world like Comeback Player of the Year. Yeah, that's fair. It's definitely fair. Uh, yeah. So let's move on to the Rookie Awards. And I'll let you start off with Defensive Rookie of the Year, Trent. Yeah, for me, I went with Jeff Okuda, cornerback from the Lions. Um, you know, he was the number three pick in the draft, yet he's like the sixth or seventh favorite to win this award at plus 1600, which was kind of confusing for me. Uh, my biggest thing with, with Akuda is he has such a strong work ethic, you know, where he's come from and what he's persevered through. When he was younger, his mother had chemo. He was with her trying to, trying to help her push through that. And I think he's just that guy who has this edge more than any of these other just naturally talented defensive players. I think he's just going to play harder than every, anyone else in the field and want to win more than anyone else. Yeah, Jeff Akuda is a great player, and it's a great story. Um, a lot of these players coming out of the draft this year had such tragic backstories. That uh, definitely stuck out to me while watching, and I know it stuck out to a lot of people too, and he was uh, certainly one of them. But he's a great character. He's going to be a leader. He's definitely going to step in and fill that Darius Slay hole for the Lions this year. Uh, I didn't go with him, but I think he's a great choice. I went with who I'm sure is the odds-on favorite. I didn't check, but it was Chase Young for the simple reason that he's an edge rusher on a very poor team. He's going to have a lot of highlights and really stand out in Washington. So I, he was just the obvious choice for me. Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, you can't go wrong with Chase Young. Yeah, absolutely. He definitely can't. So let's move on to the offensive side for the rookies. And I'll start off because I did go – with another favorite, and it's Joe Burrow. This is the obvious pick, but he's in a great situation to succeed. He has a very talented offensive arsenal built around him, and he's just a purebred winner. The Bengals should be good again, and Burrow's going to be the reason, and that makes him the clear front runner for this award. I, l- I know 
we've talked about that we don't love to go with favorites, but he was just too much of a favorite for me not to pick this year. I like Burrow a lot. I, I think you said it. You were spot on with saying he has really strong weapons and he's put in the right situation to succeed. So I can't argue with Joe Burrow, and I think he will have a strong season. Yeah, absolutely. So who is your choice? Yeah, I kind of went with that situational thing too, as you, as you talked about with, with Chase Young and Joe Burrow. I I see this guy in a situation to succeed as well. I went with Henry Ruggs. I um, I knew I knew you were gonna say Henry Ruggs. Yeah, you mentioned him before, but you didn't mention him for an award. It was funny because I think Ruggs is, has a very good shot to win Offensive Rookie of the Year just because the Raiders have no wide receivers. Like They, they have some, but no one really notable to, to really compete. And if he can find a way to click with Derek Carr off the bat and this team is to succeed, it's going to be on the shoulders of Josh Jacobs and Henry Ruggs. So I think Henry Ruggs, at plus 2,000 for his odds, is a very good chance to win this award just because he's going to see a large quantity of targets and he doesn't really have to compete with a lot of other wide receivers on this team. Yeah, I do love Henry Ruggs. But the thing about receivers like Henry Ruggs, he's a lot like Tyreek Hill. They're burners. They're really big play guys. But they're not going to make a huge difference uh, within like five or ten yards in that type of passing game where in reality is where Derek Carr loves to live, and even Marcus Mariota if he ends up taking over for this Las Vegas Raiders team. Uh, with receivers like Henry Ruggs and Tyree Kill, the thing that makes or break their careers and their trajectories is their quarterbacks, and I just don't think Derek Carr has it in him to elevate Henry Ruggs' game. So that's why I didn't pick him this year, but he's a great choice. He's going to see a ton of targets for sure. Yeah, and I think you know the Raiders organization must have seen – something or I think Derek Carr would have had to have some input here because they did pick Henry Ruggs over CD Lamb and Jerry Judy, correct? Yeah, they did. So that Derek Carr must think that he can connect with him at some point in time and make a pretty big impact this year. Yeah, whether that was Derek Carr or John Gruden just seeing the, the most explosive guy in this draft and thinking, ooh, that's a weapon we can put into a bunch of different situations to succeed. I like the choice. It was a little riskier as Ruggs is smaller, but he is extremely explosive. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see how it turns out for them. Yeah, I'm excited. So let's move on to the bigger awards. We've come to the three big boys, and we'll start off with Defensive Player of the Year. Obviously, Stephon Gilmore took that home last year for the Patriots. He had a phenomenal season. Trent, who do you see winning it this year? Yeah, I went with, I guess just, I would consider this kind of a favorite. He's not the favorite, um, but I'd say he's one of the bigger defensive players in the NFL, and that's Khalil Mack. Uh, you know, he's plus 1,200 are his odds, and I think he is one of the most dominant guys off the edge in the NFL he, he's a scary guy to face on the line, and he gets the quarterbacks really quick. He wraps, wraps, wraps people up really well, and he's in the right situation. He's on the Chicago team that ha- doesn't have a lot of recent success. You know, their biggest success comes in defense. Their offense isn't that strong. They don't have the strongest of quarterbacks with both Trubisky and Nick Foles. So I think he's going to shine on this defense. He's going to be the vocal point of this organization this year and I'm expecting big numbers from Mac. Yeah, I mean I love that choice too. Khalil Mack is definitely one of the scariest pass rushers in the NFL. I would not want to see that guy coming off the edge rushing at me. And I went with a similar esque player, but that was just TJ Watt. 
I think that this is finally Watt's year, not JJ, his younger brother TJ for the Steelers. He's the best player in a great defense. He's coming off a 14 and a half sack year. He should easily push for more than that this year as he cements himself as one of the best defensive players in the league permanently. Yeah, I like to hear Watt a lot too. I think he's definitely, his career has been overshadowed a little bit by his brother, um, JJ Watt. The, the thing that might be tough for him this year is actually is that J.J. Watt is coming off injury. So he could be a guy that wins comeback player of the year or could play so well that he could get defensive player of the year over his brother. But I think J.J. and T.J. both could actually be up there in conversation for defensive player of the year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, J.J. Watt is tied for the most defensive player of the years all time with three. So he is no stranger to this award. I think it would be very interesting to see a brotherly battle for this award come playoff time. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah, definitely. So move down to the next award, which is the Offensive Player of the Year. And I'll start it off. I went with a bit of a sleeper pick here. Uh, Offensive Player of the Year is usually a quarterback, sometimes a running back. It happened to me, Michael Thomas, last year because he was such a great player. Uh, That was a bit of an anomaly. I went with running back this year, and I went with Saquon Barkley. Saquon is one of the two most dynamic players in the league. Him and Christian McCaffrey are by far uh, the two most dynamic players in the league. In my opinion, I think he'll push for 2,000 total yards. He could easily see around 15 touchdowns as well. You mentioned earlier that you think this is going to be a huge year for Saquon as that offense in New York is really going to run through him. I think it will absolutely as well. And he is really the key to the Giants finally starting to work towards contending. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. I mean, for me... Uh, I was, you know, I had a toss-up between my guy who won the rushing title, or I think it's going to win the rushing title, which was Saquon Barkley, who is your pick for Offensive Player of the Year, or Drew Brees, like you said, quarterbacks and running backs, you know, the guys that win, win this award a lot. And I had Drew Brees winning the passing leader, and I ended up going with Drew Brees. I really think it's going to be his year. He's plus 4,000 to win Offensive Player of the Year. I've given – you know, I, I've given all my stats and reasons why he's going to win passing leader. And, you know, because of those reasons, I mean, he's going to put up, I think, probably 5,000 yards. And he's going to put up a ton of touchdowns, maybe around 30 to 35 touchdowns. So I think for the reasons of him having the most passing yards and putting up strong, strong stats otherwise, I think he'll also win Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, you know, Drew Reese, if he performs like you're expecting him to do, uh, puts up another 5,000-yard season, which we know he's capable of doing, then he could obviously win this award. I like that pick too, Trent. Yeah. All right, so we've come down to our last award of the night, and it is the big one, most valuable player. Trent, I'll let you start it off. This is the this is the time I went with the favorite. I mean, I went with that Mahomes at plus 400. I think that, I, like I've said from day one, I think the Chiefs are winning the Super Bowl. They're winning back-to-back Super Bowls. It's going to be the Chiefs. It's going to be on, you know, their franchise quarterback shoulders, Pat Mahomes. He has all the weapons in the world. I think he may be out slung or out. I don't know how how to say that, but I think Drew Brees is going to throw for more yards than Pat Mahomes. But I think when it comes down to it, Pat Mahomes will be the MVP. He's going to lead his team to a Super Bowl victory. He's still going to put up some serious numbers like he did two years ago now. And I just don't see any reason why he, he couldn't get MVP this year. 
Yeah, it took a lot for me not to choose Pat Mahomes, but I decided to go a little riskier here because he is the obvious choice and uh, everything points towards him winning this award as long as he can stay healthy for the entire year. But I decided to go out on a limb here and I went with Kyler Murray. The last two MVPs have been second-year quarterbacks with Pat Mahomes winning it two years ago and Lamar Jackson winning it last year. I think Kyler Murray will continue that trend this year. He's got almost as much scrambling skill as Lamar Jackson with a much better arm and a stacked offensive arsenal built around him. He and DeAndre Hopkins are going to become one of the league's most feared dynamic duos, and Kyler will take the next step into superstardom for the Cardinals this year. Yeah, I mean, I like Kyler as a pick for MVP. I'm sure he, his odds are, are very kind, and, and he's, a, he's a good underdog pick. Um, you know, personally, I'm, I'm a bigger fan of the stash for second-year quarterbacks. Okay, all right. But I will admit that Kyle Murray has a lot stronger targets. He's a lot more mobile of a quarterback, and he will have a good season. I I know that second-year quarterbacks won the last few years. I just don't see Kyler Murray as that same type of talent as Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. But there's definitely a chance that he could put up those numbers just because he has – such strong targets this season yeah well here's the thing no one really expected Lamar Jackson to take this big of a step going into this season and no one really expected Pat Mahomes Pat Mahomes came out of nowhere because he sat his first year with sitting behind Alex Smith so these guys no one was expecting them to take the next step that they did and Kyler Murray in my opinion had a much better freshman year than Lamar Jackson so if he can take that next step uh then I think that he could easily win this award yeah, what's interesting is you just mentioned him, or, and I think I did too. We didn't even talk about Lamar Jackson and any of these awards, even though he's the reigning MVP, and he probably is the, I would say, arguably the the best or most lethal weapon in the offense just because of what he can do on his feet. He's a running back and a quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I didn't go with Lamar Jackson just because I've said it in previous podcasts. I think that NFL defenses are going to start to figure him out this year. He really needs to work on that arm, the accuracy, the arm strength, uh, if he wants to be able to translate their regular season season success into postseason wins. Uh, so that's why I didn't have him repeating as the MVP or winning any other awards. Yeah, that's fair. I, I mean, I'm on the same boat as you. I, I didn't have him winning anything either. Yeah, fair enough. So, Now that we've covered every 2020 NFL award, we're going to move on to a final segment, which is called Over Under. I'm going to state a player and then a specific stat, and Trent and I are going to decide whether that player is going to produce over or under that specific stat. Trent, are you ready for the first player? Let's do it. All right. I'm going with the reigning rushing champ, Derrick Henry, at over or under 1,400 rushing yards. He had... 1540 in 2019 as a disclaimer man 1400 is a lot but i do think derrick henry will come in second this year in the rushing title and i think it may just be like four, 1420 1450 for for yardage so i'm gonna say yes he, he's gonna he's gonna get over but he's just gonna miss out on the rushing title that's fair i do think he's gonna go under this year uh, defenses are really going to stack the box against the Titans this year and make Ryan Tannehill beat them through the air. I think that's going to take a toll on Henry. He's still going to have a monster year, could easily put up 1,300 yards in my opinion, but I don't think he's going to push for over 1,400 this year. That's fair. We'll see. Yeah. So moving on, 
Patrick Mahomes over or under 50 passing touchdowns? I'm going to go with under 50 passing touchdowns. I just, he's done it before, but 50 is a lot. I don't see it happening. Yeah, you know, in this offense this year, I think he's going over. I don't huh? think he's going to break Peyton Manning's record of 56, but I do think he's going over, maybe getting 52, 53. This is the best offense that the Chiefs have had since he's been on the team. And if he's fully healthy, I don't see a reason that he can't do it. Yeah, I mean, if I was to say over, then I would definitely say he's going to beat Peyton Manning's record. I think that that's just something that would happen. He's either going to have the – he could have the best quarterback season of all time. I think he will have that season eventually. And when he does, he will break Peyton Manning's record. That's fair. I, I do think that he's going to be the one to break Peyton Manning's record. I just don't think it's going to be this year. That's fair. Yeah. All right, moving on to the next player. We have Ezekiel Elliott who also did not appear at any of our choices this year. I really thought that he might have been your choice for the rushing title, but he didn't end up being that. So anyway, Ezekiel Elliott at over or under 13 rushing touchdowns. Ooh. As a disclaimer, he had 12 in 2019. Can I say he's going to get 13? Is that, is that allowed? Nope. Over or under. I'm going to go with over because I don't like Dak Prescott. <laughs> I think that Zeke may get exactly 13 rushing touchdowns, but I'll, I'll say he gets over. I'll say he gets 14 or 15. I think he'll get still get his bulk carries. He gets a ton. He is their workhorse. Even though the Cowboys have added a lot of weapons in the wide receiver core, I don't think Dak will be getting them the ball. And There'll be a transition period where you know Dak's fading out and Dalton's coming oh in. And maybe Zeke will get like five touchdowns in there. All right. Well... I don't agree with that reasoning, but I do have Zeke going over. It's for a different reason. I think the Cowboys are going to move the ball at a much faster and uh, efficient rate than a lot of people think. Going into this season, they're going to be near the goal line, scoring a lot more touchdowns than people are expecting, uh, especially considering how poorly they were last year in the red zone. Um, but yeah, and I think as a result, Ezekiel it's going to get much more goal line touches, and that's going to translate into more touchdowns. Just to clarify, did you say, was it 13 total touchdowns or 13 rushing touchdowns? Rushing touchdowns. Okay, all right. Yeah. Total touchdowns will go over. For Easily. sure. Easily, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and finally, we have the reigning single-season reception leader, Michael Thomas, over or under 130 catches. He had 149 in 2019. Hmm. You pick some good numbers, Jeff. Thank you, thank you. Um, I'm gonna go with over. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna say he gets 133, uh, and I I just don't think everything will be for as many yards as he did last year. I think he's he's gonna have a 1400 yard season, um, but maybe more of those catches will be for touchdowns this year rather than big yardage plays. Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, I went with under. I'm not the biggest Michael Thomas fan. You would know that if you listened to our past podcasts. Uh, I think that Alvin Kamara is going to take the next step as a receiver out of the backfield. Emmanuel Sanders uh, incorporating Jared Cook, maybe even Adam Troutman into this offense more. That's going to definitely result in a decrease in targets 
for Michael Thomas, which will translate into a decrease in catches. So I still think he's going to have a good season, probably around 120, 125 receptions, but I don't see him getting over 130 this year. Yeah, I think whatever his ending number is, it's very close to 130. Yeah, yeah, I would agree for that, for sure. Yeah. He's still going to be an elite player. No, no question. Yeah, absolutely. And all right, that's a wrap on this episode of The Rollout. We really hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll be back Thursday with another episode. Stay safe out there, everyone.